Hey everybody, I'm Eric Obremt and you're listening to Be Authentic or Get the Fuck Out. We talk about real shit, what's on our minds, and don't give a fuck if it makes you feel a little uncomfortable. So sit back, strap in, and get ready for some real shit. Hey everybody, Eric Obremt, Be Authentic or Get the Fuck Out. Giving you a quick disclaimer, the first 90 seconds or so of this episode has fucked up audio. I apologize, we did everything that we could to fix it. We couldn't do anything about it, but the episode is absolute fucking fire with Mike Sesniak. Please ignore the first 90 seconds of the audio. We didn't want to cut it. You can still hear it. It's just kind of garbled. Get through it. Listen to the rest. There's a ton of value. Thanks for listening. And remember, be authentic or get the fuck out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Be Authentic or Get the Fuck Out. I'm your host, Eric Obram. Back here at D2D Con 6, day two, bitches. Um, today's going to be exciting. We are going to, I think I say that too much, by the way. I'm going to fucking change that word. I'm not going to say exciting as much as I say it way too often. Uh, but today's going to be cool. Uh, we're going to, we have like nine interviews scheduled today. And I think this one's going to be the most fun because we're going to be able to hear each other because it's early in the morning and people aren't screaming yet. Uh, but I got to bring on my friend. Mike Sesniak. Is that correct? I fucking nailed it. I nailed it. And so before we start the podcast, you mentioned something. You said that your your issues with anxiety and some other stuff has kind of led you into this into this world, right? And so I know people listening, uh, they kind of get used to hearing people's stories, right, about struggle and, and what got them, you know, to where they are today. So I'd, I'd love to hear more about like that, about what kind of shit you went through, you know, to be able to come out. My first job was selling skis and snowboards from eighth grade, literally through the beginning of my software career because it was unpaid, right? Ah. Um, so I got into engineering because they're like, they make a lot of money. Yeah. And I'm like, awesome. So I did that and I, I had a really good climb, right? Like every year was big pay raise, big promotion. Like on the outside, it was great. All the vanity shit that we think we want. Yep. Luxury apartment, fountains outside, fountains inside, 24-hour doorman, like Fancy. Upper East Side. Yeah, it didn't yeah. belong Fancy. there. <laughs> we, we had a connection, like, yeah. you know, like, um, but I had all that stuff and as we so often hear in these stories, like it's beautiful on the outside, on the inside, not so much. Right. Right. So I was really, really quickly figuring out what anxiety and debilitating panic attacks were. Oh, really? And this was like, my first panic attack was January 1st, 2014. And I mean, that kind of speaks to the mental component of it. Right. Yeah. But, um, so let me ask you a question real quick. Totally. I, sorry. I'm a fucking horrible interrupter when I'm You're good. interviewing. You're good. Cause I had a time in my life where I had, panic attacks as well um it was a short period of time but i remember when it first happened to me i i ended up going to the i went ended up going to the doctor because i thought i was having a heart attack and like they hooked me up to like ekgs and shit and they're like nah you're fine and i'm like dude i'm not fine there's something fucking wrong i thought i was dying 100 i mean similar experience dude i was head deep in a toilet like literally thought I couldn't breathe. Yes. I picked up the phone. I called my mom because I was 23 years old. My roommate was out of town. I'm sitting on the 17th floor of this apartment building right. by myself trying to watch freaking Captain Phillips. <laughs> and I was super stoked about it because I hadn't seen it. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but it's the same exact thing. It feels like a thousand pounds on your chest. Oh my and God. It's horrible. Dude, back then, like Instagram was still big, but it wasn't what it is now. Like it, no one was talking about mental health back then. I right. didn't know what anxiety was. And I did the same exact thing, not immediately, but like I picked up the phone, I called right. my mom, I pressed mute because I didn't want her to hear me puking in the toilet. Right. Because I knew my tonality was already scaring her enough. 
And that started this year and a half long journey of going to the doctors, getting my chest x-ray, doing breathing ex- tests, like yeah. all these things. Cause I thought there was a physiological issue just yes. like yourself. Yes. And I- I'm super grateful that they never found out what the hell was going on. And I was the one that assigned those labels, so to speak, because they would have pushed me down the pharmaceutical route. No disrespect. That just wasn't my path. Yeah. Right. And later on in my life, when it showed up in different ways and it was manifesting in different forms, like what? Uh, like there was a, a year, I can't remember if it was 2016, maybe 2017, where I was legitimately lightheaded. No, it was 2018 because it was the year I ultimately left corporate. Okay. I was legitimately lightheaded for the first six months of the year. What? Yeah. Like there was, what I was, was, I was cloudy. Like? I was spacey. It was horrible because my business hadn't grown. I was facing this crossroads where I was either going, waving the white flag, going back to corporate with my tail between my legs because I could have gone and gotten a six-figure engineering degree or taking an ego hit, moving back in and turning 30, living in my parents' basement. Mm. And it, it was a lot more than just the anxiety, right? Like my windows were facing the sunrise in Jersey City where I was living at the time. So like my sleep was dog shit. Right. So there was a lot of other yeah, factors. Yeah. Like external factors. There was yeah. so much financial stress, right? Yeah. So it was manifesting in a different way. Yeah. Um, and they tried to push me down the pharmaceutical route that time, but. So is that what, is that what, did you figure out is that what a lot of it caught, stemmed from was financial insecurities? Uh, that second time, yes. Second time, yes. The first time, so what I realized was, because obviously being an engineering nerd like I am, you yep. got to reverse engineer, like what was happening, right. right? Right. And I realized that 100% of the attacks that I felt and that I experienced happened in a moment where I felt guilty for not working. Oh. Because I was very much, remember, I was selling 40 to 60 hours of my week to my employer and then I was doing the whole 5 to 7 a.m., 7 to 11 p.m. side hustle, right? Oh, okay. So I dug a little bit deeper. I'm like, okay, well, how do I fix this? Like, that doesn't solve my problem, right? right? And what I really came down to was, okay, if I could build a healthier mindset around what it actually takes to get where I want to go in life and not this, like, toxic hustle mindset that I fell headfirst into, which, by the way, serves you until it doesn't, and right. I was figuring out when it doesn't. Yep. So if I could build a healthier mindset around it, and then number two, if I could be more effective when I was working paired with that healthier mindset, I might not feel like shit when I wasn't. Right. Right. So that kind of cracked the door open to this productivity realm that I always joke was like my gateway drug type performance because it cracked the door open. Right. Yeah. Like it's now 20, maybe 30 percent of what we do with our clients, but it's what started it for me. So I started going down the rabbit holes. Year and a half later, I met Brendan Burchard wrote my first program on the flight home from that event because I resonated with his energy and okay. and the words high performance. Like that was the lens I looked yeah, at my yeah, life yeah, through. Yeah. You know, college athlete, competitive power lifter. Like I just a, a, aggressively attacked everything in my competitive life. Competitive power lifter? Yeah. You're a tall motherfucker to do that, aren't you? Yeah, it was rough. It was a big ego hit. you need to kind fun. of be a... Yeah, my deadlift was really solid, but everything yeah, else, everything. <laughs> yeah, it was really tough. But dude, when I started, because the way those work, it's the weakest lift that goes first in every flight. So after my first competition, I was the first person in every single one, right? Because yeah. it's by weight class. I'm 6'5". I'm going against like five foot six meatballs that yeah. happen to also weigh 215 right. they pounds. They only got to go eight inches off the floor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at that time, I was competing at like 220, 230 maybe. Okay. And uh, dude, my only goal was I didn't want to be the first one. <laughs> I was like, get strong enough that I'm not the first person in every lift. Right. But yeah, that was a fun journey, like three and a half years. Interesting. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to digress. No, you're there, good. But I'm, I'm really, I'm really interested in 
And I think that people listening are very interested because a lot of people that listen are either sales guys, which is yeah. being an entrepreneur within somebody else's business, right? Entrepreneur, whatever you want to call it. And, yeah. and people that own businesses and that the anxiety thing we don't talk about because we talk about recovery on here a lot, right? Yeah. And I talk about my anxiety that I had prior to getting sober because I would have to, I tell the story that when I came home from rehab, I couldn't sleep. And I was so used to being given, uh, when I was still using drugs, I would do mountains of Coke and then I would take a bunch of Xanax to be able to get to sleep, right? Mm -hmm. And I was so used to having that Xanax that when I came home, I didn't know how to get to sleep anymore because my heart would just fucking be racing all night. And I had to like, I had to use, I literally laid in bed and like repeated the serenity prayer Mm. over and over and over again, like counting sheep until I could fall asleep. Yeah. Right. And it took me a year before I was able to get rid of that anxiety. And I know that there's a lot of people just in the business space from what you're saying, financial insecurities or, you know, the other that really want to know. And and I know we we, kind of touched on it, but really want to know, like, what what do we do when we're faced with that? Who do we go talk to? To, you right to be able to get through yeah. that a little bit. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. I mean, what what did you do specifically? Yeah. So for me, it, I always love to try and look back and connect the dots. And unfortunately, like I threw the kitchen sink at most things. Okay. So it was like, it could be any of these many. If things I try that I everything, did. one yeah. of them will work. One of them will work. Yeah. No, got it. But to your point, it's like. I don't know, for me, I always want to be doing something, right? Like the energy has to go somewhere. Yep. And I was really grateful that I just clung to personal development in those years. So like the okay. business I was building at the time dove off a cliff, like completely fucked. But I clung to my own growth and my own but personal you development. give up on that. Okay, yeah, I so love like that. that was what I spent my time doing. Uh, I could have been a lot more effective, of course. Sure. But I was slowly kind of building these blocks that are now the foundation of a lot of what we do. But it's like, what are going to be your non-negotiables that you're doing every single day? Yep. Right? How do you build that momentum? What is, <clears throat> what is that confidence going to look like on the other side? And when that energy is that powerful, how are you showing up differently? So what are you right? going to do non-negotiables every single day? To me, that sounds like get some fucking structure, right? Amen. Yeah. Get some structure in Has your life to. so that you can be consistent every day with something. And then eventually you'll just look back and see the payoff. Bingo. And it, it, right? and it doesn't like, it doesn't necessarily, this is going to sound really weird, but I genuinely don't believe that it has anything to do with what the actions are that you're building non-negotiables around. Right. Of course we want them to be true needle movers. That's going to yep. build the business. Like for me, it was personal development. Yeah, okay, that kind of built me. Right. And I built the business down the line, but it wasn't like an immediate ROI. Yep. Right? But you want them to be needle movers, but it's really not about that. It's about stacking the wins around anything that matters to you. Right. And that's where you have to build from. So that's what I did, right? Little things like, dude, everyone, there's all these articles, making your bed is the most important habit if you want to build a seven-figure business. Right. Dude, I make my bed every day. Yeah. And I check my bank account every day, and it's never deposited a dollar. Right. Right. But it's not about that. Like, yeah, sure. There's the concept of like, oh, clean. It's nice to come home to like a clean space and like the mental clarity. But like, dude, it's about stacking W's. Right. Right. And you can do that around the things that actually matter and it's going to move you forward. So I'm so bad. Like I just listened to all that and I haven't made my bed in 30 fucking years and I (laughs) haven't checked my bank account in fucking probably 20 years. Like, isn't that weird? 
Well, the, the last part means that you're doing something right, right. Or I'm doing something wrong, and I fucking would be able to do something a lot better if I did Potentially. That. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yep. I figure that it's going to—I figure I'm going to be notified by yeah. my wife or by somebody else in the company if it's like, hey, you need to check. Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I always feel inadequate, though, because like when, cause I have that conversation with people a lot. Like, this isn't the first time, and I'm like— I should be doing more, shouldn't I? Like, but I think yeah. that that's why I love having these conversations with other like high level people yeah. because it, it gives me like I selfishly get more out of these interviews than probably fucking anybody because I always. That's why to, I podcast. Yeah, exactly. Because then I get to take something away and be like, Eric, you need to fucking do better at that. Like, yeah, you're doing okay, right? Yeah. Like, you're doing fine. People might think that you're doing great. Yeah. I know that I've still got miles and miles to fucking go yeah. to get to where I want to be, and then I'll still have miles and miles to go. But I love to be able to pull something out of everything that I can be like, Eric, you can do better at that. 100%. You know, so thank you. You're welcome. For that. So, all right. Hey, so what I want, what I always do at the end of every episode is I always give the floor back to the guest if there's anything that I missed that you want to leave the audience with that I maybe didn't bring up or that we glossed over in the course of our conversation that you yep. want to, you know what I mean? Make sure you land the plane on. Dude, honestly, I, I love that last question. I think that is the most important thing. Like if people take nothing else away, it is build a set of non-negotiables. Yeah. Quantifiable. Like you have to understand what the volume looks like. Don't yep. let your ego get in play when you're building out that quantity. Yep. Right. Cause that's what we tend to do, especially in sales. Oh, go knock a million doors, go make a million calls. Yep. Like what can you do consistently? Yep. Right. And when in doubt, chunk those down. Yep. When in doubt, let your ego get out of the way, drop the volume down to a point where you can hit it consistently, sustainably yep. over the long term. That's what moves the needle in everything. That's what's going to lead to all the momentum, lead to all the self-confidence, all the happiness, the fulfillment. That's what we're really after. Right. So I love that. non-negotiables. That's love the game. love that. Non-negotiables. And where can everybody find you? Uh, at Mike Sesniak on Instagram. Beware of the crypto scammers. My last name is super Polish. It's very easy to slide extra letters in there. Yes. I will never DM you asking for Bitcoin. I will try and sell you oh, high performance you? coaching. <laughs> Fuck. You sent him a bunch of money? <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah, there's God like, dude, it. there's like 15 of them right Is now. Is there really? At Mike Sesniak on Instagram, resultsengine.com. Resultsengine.com is probably going to be easier than finding Sesniak since they don't know how to spell it. Yeah, dude, right? it's, okay. it's hard. Right. It's hard. Mike, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, I appreciate me, you taking the time. 100%. And remember, everybody, be authentic. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out if you can't be authentic. Get the fuck out if you can't be authentic. Uh.